the way to tell a really big story, I think, is to tell a really small story. Bruce Feiler. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. How do you feel about clutter? I, I don't like it. I like having open spaces, lots of ways to walk through. Do you have a lot of clutter? Maybe. What keeps you from throwing it away if you don't like it? Sentimental value. We often keep knickknacks. For me, a lot of my knickknacks are from my theater days. I've stolen some sort of small prop that will never be used again. And I have it not to remember the scene that the prop showed up in, but the experience that came with the theater and the collaborative storytelling that theater is. These are often small things that bring such big emotion, such big connection, even though it's just a little pamphlet or a movie ticket. I held on to movie tickets forever. I had them pinned to my bedroom wall. I had like a little wall collage of them, including the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. Having something so small that represents so much more is a great storytelling technique. If you're struggling with how to tell this grand story, say you've come up with a great world and you're looking at this world and thinking, this is so cool, but what do I do with it? What you need to do is make it small. Even if you want to tell the story of the world, you should make it about the characters first, the little pieces of their lives that readers can understand. If you think about every big story, everything that's massive and grandiose that really resonated with you, it starts with something small, something intimate. Schindler's List is one of the first ones that comes to mind. It's not a story about the entire genocide that took place in World War II. It's about this girl in a red coat. It's an epic story about this little girl, about something that meant so much more. It made it gigantic. So that single detail, that little piece, is symbolism that represents so much more. If you think about all of the lessons that we were taught in schooling about wars, about terrible things that have happened in the world, you don't connect with it in those settings because you're being told the big numbers. You're being told the big picture. But it's when you see things like Schindler's List, when you focus on one story, one character, that you start to fully understand what it was really like. And that's what you can do in your books. Focus on the small things in this big, fantastic world that you've created. Yeah, if everyone is fleeing this massive volcano that's going off, yes, we understand, we feel panic, but then there's this little girl crying with the doll hanging limply in her hand. Okay, we've got an idea of the panic, and by creating this emotional detail, making it small, this little girl who's just hanging on to a doll, 
it adds so much more to the entire scene rather than they were panicked. I think that's why when you brought up the example of the volcano, my mind went to Pompeii and the remains they found of the couple that was embracing as they died. That is a moment that I can connect with and understand that this couple, knowing they're going to die, just embraces each other and then gets buried in ash and whatever else exploded from this volcano. So the biggest thing to remember is beauty is in the details. We talked last episode about using your senses to set a scene. If you're going to create an intimacy between your readers and the main characters, making something small, focusing on the tiny bits, makes it feel big. Even in the biggest, most grandiose fights where it's war versus war and this and that, the memorable moments are always the ones where the hero faces off with a villain. It's one versus one. Yes, other stuff is happening all around and that makes it feel vast, but that doesn't make it epic. It's that face-to-face sneer versus sly grin that makes the whole moment feel gigantic and important. So it's like in cinema. You have this wide shot that establishes the scene. You get a view of the world. You have your medium shot that gives us a closer look at the people, what they're doing, their actions. But then that close shot gives us the emotion, lets us really see people as what they are. So I want you to think about your favorite scene in some kind of movie. We'll, we'll say Lord of the Rings. Is your favorite camera shot going to be the one where they're running across the field toward the sunset? Or is it that moment with Gollum facing off against himself with those two different expressions from the same character? Definitely the expressions. I love that scene so much for so many reasons, but it's because you see the two fighting sides of Gollum, the Gollum and the Smeagol. And yes, the wide establishing shots that are throughout the Lord of the Rings are beautiful. They're wonderful because you get to see this amazing landscape, but I don't really care for those shots. I'm not connected to them. I'm just like, ooh, pretty. But what makes the films great is not the IMAX sunset. It's those intimate moments, I am no man, that half grin. Those are what make Lord of the Rings fantastic. And that's what can make your story fantastic. Focusing in on those little things. And the more personal you get, the better. If you're talking about The Hunger Games, The books are not necessarily about going out and overthrowing a terrible society. It's about Katniss trying to save her sister. That intimate moment led to all of this epicness that happens in the books, but making it small made it big. It gave it a purpose. In the Ark of the Scythe series by Neil Shusterman, It's about the characters surviving. It's about them becoming something that they never thought they could be, not about them taking down a corrupt system. That's the big story, but you care about the characters because they're fight to survive. 
So how do I implement this? What tools do I have? Because I don't have a camera to do it as a close-up versus a wide shot. First and foremost, you need to make it about something. Is it about the sister? Is it about survival? What? What is it that your characters want that your readers can understand? A great way to do this that you probably don't recognize is happening in a lot of storytelling, a lot of great storytelling, is attaching an idea to an object. I'm not talking the one ring which has a will of its own, but the necklace that she's wearing. That clutter around your house that you won't get rid of. The sentimental objects that mean something to us for some reason or another. I just finished going through the Amazon series, The Boys, what's been released as of November 2020. And there's a great use of a betrayal attached to a cell phone. I'm not going to give more spoilers than that because it's fairly recent. But every time we see the character pull out the cell phone and stare at it, he's not waiting for a text. He's considering this deal with the devil that he made. A fun thing to do when you have a sentimental object is to make the character lose it or have it be destroyed in some way whenever possible. Yes. So that necklace that her daughter made for her before she got blown up by aliens, that is a memory of her daughter, that object. Destroying the object is like killing the daughter a second time. So... Torment your main characters. It's so wonderful. (laughs) The reason why we want to torment them in this case is because, again, it's something the readers can connect with. And that's the most important thing for any book. If your readers aren't connecting with the story, if they're not connecting with the characters, they don't care enough to keep reading. Because it's about the human experience in a lot of ways. We want to relate to it. And I cannot emotionally fathom 10,000 people dying. It doesn't have nearly as much of an impact on me as my mom being among 10,000 people who died. How that relates to me, how that relates to you is vital in telling the story. So if you want to make it big, make it small. Zoom in get those tiny things that mean so much more and you can do a lot with your emotional storytelling. But first you have to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.